Okay. Let me know when you're ready. Okay. Ready to go. And action. You can't do the double clap, mate. No, you've got to, because I can't hear your clap through my headphones on my roadie. Oh, well, then you can do the double clap. I should have done it last time. Are you ready? And... No, we just did the double clap. I was going to get a synchronised double clap. It was. Welcome to Season 2 of The Unforgiving 60 with your hosts, Ben Pronk and Tim Curtis. Two ex-SAS guys armed with MBAs. In this show, Ben and Tim seek out people leading lives less ordinary and talk with them about how they fill their unforgiving minutes and what helps them go always a little further. Welcome back to The Unforgiving 60. We are on RV16, Rendezvous 16. I'm joined, as always, by Tim. How are you? In a virtual sense, I'm good, Ben. In an actual sense, I'm good too. (laughs) I didn't ask. Um, Actually, I did. Mate, second virtual RV, still in social distancing. Is that what we're calling it? It's not... Physical distancing. So one of our clients, a development organisation, have crossed out social distancing and have inserted the word physical, physical distancing, Mm, um, which I think is a much better word. And as we discussed last time, I prefer social distancing. You prefer social distancing. (laughs) You are are socially distancing. There are parts of this I'm really enjoying. (laughs) Um, what I do miss, though, is being in the studio, not with you, but with guests like Mark Wales. That was good fun, the, the episode with Big Whaler, which I think was one of our first full episodes that we recorded on YouTube as well. Worth a look if you um, if you have a, a spare hour to kill. Yep, so Mark Wales, um, SAS journeyman, beyond survivor to tuck's tough luxury, uh, praising up some of his achievements, you know, obviously born and raised in Outback. Outback? Yeah, Western Australia. Western Australia. Um, Joined the army, did SAS selection, finished up and then went to Wharton, did an MBA, went to one of the major consulting houses and then decided he was going to make some tough luxury and started with leather jackets. Mm. Some other cool stuff actually that's come out over the last few weeks, and I think he gave us a bit of a scoop on that episode, the Kill Capture watch. Yep, the B1 watch, which is a pretty snappy watch and, and comes with a, a brand partnership. He's, they've um, uh, done a bit of brand ambassadorial work, which is pretty impressive. Um, the Kill Capture Axe. <laughs> that I like. <laughs> I, I know that he said that you could get all sorts of gifts, and I haven't yet got a Kill Capture Axe as a gift. In fact, <laughs> I think it's a great gift. Before, I mean, before we well, leave the is, watches, what, what does it say when you give someone an axe? What's, what kind of is that like an anniversary gift? Or... Yeah, it's a darling, Christine, I love you. Here's an axe. Christine, yep, yep, yeah. Bar mitzvah. In fact, there's, there's pretty much no occasion where an axe isn't an appropriate gift. Valentine's Day, even for the kids. Good for the kids. <laughs> Great for the kids. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, 
and I do like I like the um the the concept that he's he's doing at the moment. He's he's and I think it's very smart, but but throwing a few ideas out there, seeing what sticks. There's really cool. Um, I actually think I will get one of his lockdown belts, um, which are a really cool minimalist sort of um, looking belt. Yeah, so he's got some really good stuff. What what are your thoughts on um, the War and Peace fragrance? Are you you ready to to step up to that? Well, I'm unbeknownst about that. What what's the War and Peace fragrance? Well, let me let me read to you the description and, and think if you can see yourself in this fragrance. Cold, heavy blue steel and light, creamy metallic. This cologne fragrance can be compared to gun oil or bore cleaner. A true manly scent. Comes with one body spray and one oil roll-on. Please keep in mind that this is a natural mixture without preservatives or stabilizers. I like it. I reckon I might even step up to a bit of War and Peace fragrance. Mate, that's what was missing in Tolstoy's life. I mean, how does the first few words even describe a fragrance? Can you read those out again? Yeah, I can. Cold, heavy blue steel. Cold, heavy blue steel. Smells great. And and a bit of a Zoolander reference in there as well. Yep. And light, creamy metallic. Creamy metallic. Yeah. I'm I'm a little intrigued. I I do like this this cologne fragrance can be compared to gun oil or bore cleaner. That's great. That'll smell fantastic. For all of you that are missing cleaning your weapons, just get a bit of that and smother it on and off you go to work. Um I am I am intrigued. What else on the planet is creamy metallic? Unbe. <laughs> Probably his axe. That'd be creamy metallic. Well, the axe goes by the, the name, the master key. Actually, in all seriousness, a very nice looking piece of metal. Um, forgot your keys, no worries. This master key will get you through almost any door. Is it creamy metal? Uh, not, no, it's not creamy. It's, this is hard, cold blue steel. Creamy metallic. Before we leave the watch, yeah. have we... Can we report that we've been officially invited to be ambassadors for the watch? No. I, in fact, I think we even suggested outright that we should be, and it, it was met with a, a smile and a sort of next question. Derision. But the, the watch is actually, as I said before, it's a partnership with BRM, um, and these things are the real deal, as is all Mark's stuff. We, we said before that he has not done this in halves to the point where... His original jackets were costing more than he could sell them for, but he kind of refused to, to um, skimp on the quality and, and instead got a, a bit smarter about the production. But um, yeah, the, the B1 watch, which we'll link to in our show notes, is a pretty impressive bit of kit. Marketing polarity. He knows you're either going to love it or hate it. He just wants that core group of... 5,000, 10,000 people, and as soon as he releases something, they'll gobble it up. And actually, I like the line, tough luxury. And his point's good. Yes. I mean, who else is appealing to those people that are you know, law enforcement, firefighters, ambulance, military people? Um, and to your point, you know, if you've got fat thighs like you, <laughs> who's catering for your fashion needs? As Mark himself said, 
the the people who had been ignored by high fashion for so long. Mm. It wasn't too long after the episode that Kiki K went under. Some rumor yeah. and speculation that it was as a result of us mentioning Kiki K not being tough luxury, but having the two strong Ks like Kill Capture. I think it was actually. I think the correlation was more the fact that its brand recognition was not good amongst. <laughs> Over forty-five-year-old Australian males who <laughs> seemed to think it was it was some kind of women's clothing brand. I had no idea what Kiki K was until it declared bankruptcy. I'm staggered. You've got two daughters who would I would have thought would have been big Kiki K fans. It's good, good stationery, boys and girls. But yeah, I would have thought you would have been in a Kiki K store before with your family. If only they did the research for me. Yep, yep. Well, very sad. Um, but yeah, Kiki K, no longer. Mm. Before we leave Fat Fies, <laughs> two regionals athletes, it was, you know, clearly stated were in the studio at the same time. Mm. Mm. Uh, how's your training going? Good, actually. Yeah, we're, we're back into it. We've got a little gym when we built our house, we extended the garage by half and, and I've got a little gym in there and, and we've been um, actually getting back into it. It, I had, a, I reckon, probably about three weeks where I, for some reason, just did nothing and, and felt very sluggish. But yeah, have um, just been... I'm certainly not setting the world on fire, Tim. I'm certainly not regional, like I, I have been in the past, as you know. Regionals athlete. Yeah, and not just that. I mean, you know, like Ironman, like a full Ironman <laughs> triathlon, not a half um, like yourself. And, yeah, sub three-hour marathon. Yeah, you know, the list goes on. Oh, it, it does. Doesn't. That's about it. And, and, you know, you can't, you can't fake endurance. You cannot. Um, and I, <laughs> I used to have some. But, yeah, so I'm, I'm certainly not setting the world on fire, but it has been great just to get back into to something doing a, a bit each day and um, yeah, it's a, a good sanity saver and, and certainly necessary in the, the isolation. And Mark said his preferred time domain was less than five minutes. How's your time domains going? It's about that. It's about that. Although the, the little dog that we've got, um, we got a little staffy puppy just after Christmas and she's keeping our, our long, slow distance stuff. We, we go for nice wanders with her, but yeah, she's slowly she's slowly building up the legs, and I'm planning on on getting back into running with her, so it's good. Mm. Okay, enough about you. Um, <laughs> let's get on to Alec Torelli. Life lessons learned yeah. from high stakes poker. And Alex going in the, the lockdown. I mean, you can still do. He, he cut his teeth on online poker very successfully. I suppose that that's something we're seeing things like um, touring car racing going online. So 
I guess that's something that he can can still keep going in in this day and age. Well, I'm I'm assuming that that is absolutely booming. So mm. you know, he's probably a negative beta stock as well. He yeah. would be no doubt being sought after to coach people through online gaming because they can't yeah. at the moment go to casinos. I know over this part of the world, most of them, if not all of them, are closed. And mm. so those people that do like to game are probably being driven to that online environment. Yeah. But really good chat with, with Alec. I, I found it fascinating, actually. The um, Again, like so many things that I know very little about, you, you have these preconceived ideas of what it must be like to be a professional gamer and, I don't know, something between a buddy 50 cent rap video and a James Bond movie or something. But mm. just those... That 10,000 hours, you know, he described those early years where he's playing four or five games at a time, 15 hours a day, deliberate practice. Mm. I mean, very much like, um, you know, and again, I'm quoting Gladwell's book here, but the, the Beatles in Hamburg, you know, just putting in the hours, doing just, they're not junk miles, they're quality miles, they're deliberate practice, but there's lots of them. There's a quantity there that, that really helps build that virtuosity, that, that sort of sixth sense, which I imagine you must need, the weak signal detection, the ability to, to sort of recognise patterns in a game like, in a, in a field like professional poker. Mm. And then the transferable skills. So he speaks eloquently about risk and assessing yeah. risk and the role of emotion and how you need to quell your emotion, this desire that you've lost the last hand, so oh, now I'm angry and I've got to win yeah. the next one. Uh, the techniques yeah. he used or uses in order just to make sure that there's harmony before he picks up his next now, hand. I, I loved that one. I thought that was really cool, that, that third person. I know you refer to yourself in the third person a lot, but that's just to be annoying <laughs> mostly yes <laughs> but he's he, he is not he's not being annoying when he's referring to himself in the third person he's he's emotionally regulating he's taking you know himself outside of his body looking at, at what a smart person in that position would do mm. and by referring to himself mentally in the third person he's he's able to to distance himself from that emotion and, and look at it a little more clinically brilliant and we wish Alec all the best. I stand outside in the rain. I feel it burn my skin. Or shouldn't it cool me down and not hurt me? I look at the people inside. I want to be like them. Or should it really be so hard for me? And I hate. On to Mitchell Martin, the next Ed Sheeran, but better off. So <laughs> I, I um, first saw Mitchell Martin at a music festival, yeah. and we approached him after that to be on the show. Just turned 23, I think, the week after the episode. Um, in fact, the week we released the episode. The day yeah. we released the episode. Why can't I fit in and still be myself? I try to calm myself, but slowly the air it burns my lungs I'm choking 
and what an incredible talent. That's amazing. Gusting, I was gonna say it's gusting, sickening when you, you see someone half your age that is just killing it. Yeah, and, and a lovely, like I mean, talk about your head screwed on. What were you doing at age 23? <laughs> you don't wanna know. In fact, I was a rifle platoon commander, I think. Yeah, yeah, but I can imagine what you were, you were doing in your spare time up in the two uh, officers mess in Laverack Barracks. Periods of responsibility yeah. and mostly significant periods of irresponsibility. Yeah. Um, and certainly not getting half a million uh, Spotify streams. No, that's right. You know, f over 500,000 on, uh, on a song that he collaborated on and um, uh, Be Myself, now over 5,000 streams on Spotify. Did, did, you notice, <laughs> did you notice during that episode, you kept referring the two of them as downloads, almost with the air quotes, <laughs> and he kept very gently correcting you with streams. It was very much the, the, the sort of people of our generation, you know. And so you're doing very well on the Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> on the line. Well, what's the yeah. difference, downloads, streams? People know what I'm talking about, surely. Yeah, more or less, but you did, you did sound like an old person talking about the internet. <laughs> <laughs> the internet. <laughs> <laughs> the interwebs. Um, we, we laughed a little bit about Argentina, how he was getting some airplay in Argentina. Big in South America. Big in South America. And this week, um, the organisation, the organisation, <laughs> I don't even know what you call it. What do you call <laughs> An organisation on Instagram. What is that thing called? <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> stop digging. The organisation on Instagram gave us a little shout out on the Unforgiving 60 Instagram page. What, what do you mean the organisation on Instagram? Well, whoever the organisation is that's that streaming or downloading... His his song "Be Myself" gave us a little shout out. The Argentinian radio station. Yeah, could have been that. Could have been. I, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Oh, I don't. I'm not sure what I'm talking about because it's all in Spanish. Okay, but we got a shout out. We got a shout out. Very cool. Yep. Does that mean we're big in South America? Uh in fact. If you keep talking a little bit, I will do a check right now to see how big we, we might be in Argentina. Just talk amongst yourselves. Did they really give us a um, yeah. thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I don't know what they said. They could have said they're a bunch of wallies. Cause I'll pack my bags and I'll run too fast. I'll follow my plans. I won't be held back. I'm not going to hide. This time I will fight and I'll go. 
Ben, mm-hmm. I can tell you with a great degree of certainty that in Argentina, that shout out that we received by the radio station or other organization on Instagram, total amount of downloads, Yeah, see, they need to look at their listenership. I don't, I don't reckon they're reaching the, the people of Argentina. Either that or we need to quickly learn some Spanish. <laughs> yeah, but very cool that um, Mitchell's um, getting that, that international acclaim. And it, it speaks to this amazing reach and, you know, people getting discovered on YouTube and being able to, you know, even over and above the commercial success, if there's some teenager in South America that, that's getting access to, to some cool music that otherwise they may not have, then that's a good thing. And he connected this week. Um, he's such a lovely um, young man, um, thanking us a lot for the episode and telling us that he's using the time um, productively in learning the piano. Yeah, no, he he spoke very passionately about the, the piano when we, we spoke with him. And so, yeah, it's great. Fantastic. And I, I hope hope to see him in a music festival in the near future. And uh, Ben, as you mentioned, at, at a separate time, you know, please <clears throat> give some consideration for those artists that have been affected by COVID-19. I think as he walked into the studio that day, his last gig got cancelled. Everything else had already been cancelled. Um, and so please, yeah. if you do have capacity, go on to websites like Bandcamp, where the artists yep. um, get the majority of the money from merch sales and or downloads. Um, that'd be very helpful. Yeah. And it's, it's good to see how a lot of them are, are sort of switching focus. Um, we spoke in that episode about Tom Purdy, the guitarist from Atlas Chasers, who is teaching my kids guitar. And he's been able to keep doing that over Skype, which is, is actually pretty cool. Um, so we, we set up and have these little lessons. And yeah, the, the kids are, are really getting into it. So yeah, hopefully a lot of these kind of folk can continue to, to just keep the nose above water um, through these alternate means and until um, such time as they're able to, to go back to the, the in-person life sort of um, experience. For those on Facebook, check out Mitchell Martin's Facebook page. He also has been playing some online gigs so a few artists weaving together, connecting together to play online, which um, has been pretty interesting to watch. Yeah, I reckon that could be a good thing. You've mentioned you've had a few sort of online, you know, drinks and catch-ups with mates. And yeah, it could be pretty cool to go to an online concert or to, to set up to, um, to stream that over the interwebs, Tim. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. Just cast it onto your TV, get it onto the big screen. You don't have to dress up. You don't even, even have to leave your house. Um, but don't forget them too. If you can make a little contribution to improve their life, their income has been dramatically affected by COVID-19, as have many others. And I don't wish to, um, to just uh, cite the musicians. Okay, then a special episode called Embrace the Virus. We probably don't need to talk too much about that, Ben, except for the fact that clearly good. <laughs> yeah, I, I um, it it feels like you you mentioned earlier. You know, it's hard to have a conversation without um, gravitating back to back to coronavirus, and so yeah, that that episode I think was. Um, in many ways encapsulating a, a number of the, the or some of the thinking that we'd been doing around this certainly some of the observations we'd had from from working with organizations who were doing trying to do exactly that trying to embrace the virus and and work their way through this this pretty difficult period mm. and for those first few weeks we were moving in dog years weren't we it just seemed like um, an incredible amount of time was being invested in getting things right for the organisations and certainly the leaders that we've been working with across all industries and sectors, geez, there was fatigue building up and I'm glad to say that probably towards the tail end of last week, they finally found a little bit of headspace just to take a breather, to not have to deal with the here and now emergencies, just that immediate response, remediating the issues from yesterday made all the more challenging by you know, local, state, federal government announcements that were propelling businesses into turmoil the day of or the day after those announcements. So they're being able now to take a, um, you know, probably a mid-horizon view uh, to make sure that the things that they've got into place, the arrangements um, can be tested. Mm. Season two, comedian Diana Nyun, who was chasing Keanu Reeves. Let's start with Keanu Reeves, actually. She said that she had seen a picture of Keanu Reeves sitting on a park bench. On a park bench. I'd never had, seen that. Had you that seen one. that before? Yeah. I had not seen it before and I pulled it up. It's actually really sad. It was one of the, I, I am not a big sort of social media meme guy but i even i had seen that um it did the rounds and and it was very meme worthy um sad keanu on the the park bench 
but yeah, it does 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 look a bit sad. So Vietnamese Australian um, doing all sorts of things from stand up to her television show Fee and Me. She's doing karaoke and also has pivoted into the LinkedIn space, um, doing a range of things on LinkedIn, which have been quite innovative. So go and check out um, uh, Diana Nguyen on LinkedIn um, and you'll see the sorts of things that she's doing. So her mother came to Australia after the Vietnam War as a refugee and a bit of friction between mother and daughter that she's used in much of mm. her material. Yeah. No, it's it's been great having that couple. So we've had two comedians this season, Mick and and Diana, and I'm, it's very interesting, um, you know, talking with both of them about you know how they get their material, their reflections on life, you know, what's what's too far in a comedic sense and what's not far enough, and yeah, I, I found that conversation really interesting from that respect. So is it three comedians, including you? <laughs> Two professionals, one, you know, clearly just does it as a hobby. Yeah. Um, and what's next? What's coming up next on the podcast? <laughs> I'm the wrong person to ask. <laughs> Strategic planning cell has been looking, yeah. looking well in advance. We have had some interesting recommendations um, and thank you, to all those who have continued to connect both through our social media or directly, and you can reach out and let us know who you'd like to hear on the podcast at debrief at unforgiving60.com or go to the website www.unforgiving60.com. And we had some shout outs too. I mean, we've done a few of the musicians, but we have also offered up for those charities who wanted a little bit of exposure on the great things that they're doing. And I've put you on the spot now. Yeah, one, one of the biggest ones was for um, Food Bank WA. And so, yes, we did want to give a, a massive shout out to, to Food Bank. So Food Bank's um, a, a WA-based, West Australian-based organisation that is actually the, the largest food relief organisation um, within the state. and working to, to produce about six million meals every year. Now, unfortunately, we, we got in touch with Food Bank just after they'd done um, a, a massive endeavor called the Donation Drive-Through, where you could do a contactless drop-off of, of food to go to, um, to, to needy people. Suffice to say, we, we missed plugging that, unfortunately, but um, we never, uh, well, Food Bank never stops doing great work to to help the the needy within this state so yeah we'll put some um some details but foodbank.org.au is their website and has everything um listed on there in terms of how you can support both through uh, monetary food and time donations which are, are always um useful uh potentially difficult during this this period of social distancing but yeah I also wanted to shout out to one of the charities that I'm on the board of, Soldiers and Sirens, particularly as we approach Anzac Day 2020, mm. which is going to be a very peculiar Anzac Day on the Australian calendar and also the international calendar for those Australians and New Zealanders, New Zealanders that, um, that observe the day wherever you happen to be in the world. 
Uh, but Soldiers and Sirens, fantastic charity that supports first responders and the military. It's a mental health charity. I encourage you to jump on their Facebook page um, and or the website and see what they do. I think there's um, some tremendous value in what the psychologists, the counsellors, the social workers, and also what peer support's able to achieve for Soldiers and Sirens. So please check that out. And on Anzac Day, Ben, I've got some ideas for Anzac Day. Oh, yeah? Yeah, what are your thoughts? What are you thinking? An Anzac Day-themed podcast. Yeah, I like this idea, um, unusually. I, I reckon that could be a great idea. You, you were thinking of talking with some veterans and getting them to reflect on their most memorable Anzac Day? Yeah, and I think also just general reflections on life in uniform, whether they're still in uniform or formerly were in uniform. If we're able to weave some of those together, I think it'll be a beautiful episode. I like it. You should organise that. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get the production team right onto it. Get, Get them onto it. Okay, well, until next time, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Catch you later on the Unforgiving 60 podcast.
love music and the arts and truly believe that these form a key component of resilience and make the world a much more beautiful place. Music played on this podcast can reach over a thousand ears a day, and the incredible artists who gave us permission to use their music on season one have been downloaded tens of thousands of times on Spotify. If you are a musician or band who wants to expose your songs to a global audience in over 100 countries, please get in touch with us at debrief at unforgiving60.com.